Welcome to the Breezy Brides podcast, a podcast designed for brides planning their dream destination wedding. I'm your host, Deanna, and I'm here to offer you all of the resources, advice, and tips to make planning your destination wedding a breeze. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Breezy Brides podcast. I'm sure once you've started planning your destination wedding, you quickly realize, if you haven't realized already, how different the planning process is from a traditional wedding. Not only the planning process, like booking and planning long distance and through email, but all of the logistics in between as well. Take it from someone who's planned their own destination wedding and has done plenty of other destination wedding reviews, you do not want to be caught off guard at any point in your planning process. So in this episode, we're going to go over nine things nobody tells you about planning a destination wedding to make sure that you've got all of the resources possible to make sure your wedding is as stress-free and seamless as possible. Now, some of these things may seem simple or not that big of a deal, and they're just kind of a good thing to know while planning, but others are important to know. They can really throw you off and stress you out in planning your wedding if you don't know about them ahead of time. So we're going to go over each one of them in a little bit more detail to make sure that you're ahead of the game. Starting with number one, how to travel with your wedding dress. Although you've probably started looking at and or being fitted for dresses very early on in the process, a lot of brides don't think about how to travel with their dress right away. And in fact, it's one of the most common destination wedding questions you'll see. How do I get my dress to the resort safely? You may want to keep this in mind when shopping for your dress, though, because the goal, of course, is to find one that you feel the most confident in and beautiful in. But certain materials are definitely easier to travel with than others, and they may prevent a headache later on when trying to fit it in your luggage. So just keep that in mind. You might already be thinking that when you're shopping for your wedding dress? Is this something that's going to be comfortable in a very warm climate? Is it going to be easily packable, foldable, rollable in your luggage? But some brides are just strictly trying to find their dress of their dreams. And if that means a lot of material, that's still okay. You'll still be able to get it there safely, but sometimes it's just not worth the headache if you can find one that's a little bit more convenient to travel with. And of course, like I said, the more lightweight, the more comfortable you'll be that on that day anyway, because you're most likely going to be in a very warm climate that you don't want to be sweating through the whole time. <laughs> we do have a blog post called How to Travel with Your Destination Wedding Dress if you want more information on this. But most of the time, fitting it in your carry-on is the safest option if it fits. But if your dress absolutely does not fit, then don't fret. There are other options like a garment bag, potentially the captain's closet, but keep in mind it may come at an added cost. Whatever you do, though, do not check your wedding dress. You don't want to run in to any risk of it not showing up at your resort, so paying a little bit more in the end if you need to is still worth it to get it there safely. All right, the second thing nobody tells you about planning a destination wedding is that your guests will want a general schedule or itinerary. Your guests are coming to the resort for your wedding, but they're coming for a vacation for themselves as well. So providing a general itinerary for all of your guests will help them. 
Your wedding party and family members will want to know when and where they need to be certain places so that they can plan the rest of their trip to accommodate any excursions or activities for themselves. Typically, the itinerary for your guests will include the date and time of all of your wedding activities, like the ceremony and the reception. But if you are planning to have a welcome cocktail hour or a group excursion or a farewell breakfast, your guests are going to want to know about all of those as well. So that as soon as they get to the resort, they know what days they need to be where, and then they can take that information and plan the rest of their trip if they want any spa treatments or excursions themselves. We do have a blog post for this as well called Why an Itinerary for Your Destination Wedding Guests is Important. And in that post, there is a sample itinerary to go off of if you need ideas. So we'll link that in the show notes. But typically, the front desk can give your guests their itinerary as they're checking in. You can also hand them out if you know when everyone is arriving, but that can be a little bit tricky to track everybody down, so the front desk might be a little bit easier for you. These can also be made on sites like Minted or Etsy pretty easily if you want to have someone create them for you. Okay, moving on to number three, consider the timing of your spa treatments. Now, this is one that might not be as big of a deal to you, but again, Most destination wedding brides don't typically think of it because it doesn't really come up until you're towards the end of your planning. So you may think that getting all of your spa treatments done before you leave for your trip is the best way to go, but sometimes that may be too early for some things. For example, if you're leaving on a Tuesday, but your wedding isn't until Saturday, consider waiting to get your manicure and or pedicure until you're at the resort, as long as they provide those services as well. Typically, like for a traditional wedding, most brides get their nails done the day of or the day before their wedding. So it's not really something us destination wedding brides really think about until you're getting closer to your date. But if you do get your nails done before you leave for your trip, you know, you're risking chipping or cracking, breaking any of your nails while you're packing your luggage, uh, during your travels, and everything in between. So your wedding package may also include credits towards spa treatment. So you may want to use those on things that you'll know you'll need done, and then it comes at a discount for you anyway. Also consider waxing treatments. If you've never gotten them done before, or you don't really know the general rule of thumb, because you'll be in a tropical setting and most likely wearing swimsuits, destination wedding brides, consider getting a bikini or a Brazilian wax leading up to their wedding. Depending on which one you go with, a lot of those services want you to have at least two or three treatments before your end goal date, and you need multiple weeks in between each treatment. So just make sure to call the place that you plan on going well in advance to find out at what point they would want you to start coming in so that you can be done by the time you leave for your wedding. All right, and on to number four of the nine things nobody tells you about planning a destination wedding. And this is a big one you may not have as much control as you'd like. This one may scare a few brides, but realizing it ahead of time will only help you down the road. For brides that have a type A personality, it can be hard to accept the fact that you won't be able to have your hands on every single detail of your wedding, especially when planning it afar. But knowing this ahead of time will help you mentally prepare in the long run. If you don't visit the resort beforehand, then you can't do things like visually see every decor detail, scope out all of the reception and ceremony locations, 
taste every food option or see flowers in person. So really trusting your gut and making sure you've hired the right people will help you. Destination weddings tend to be more relaxed and easygoing as well. So with that being said, your on-site wedding coordinator might take a little bit longer to get back to you than you would like. Of course, your wedding is a huge deal to you. So this can really stress a lot of brides out, but you just have to remember that these coordinators are doing weddings every single day. So a lot of the times they don't start actively planning your wedding until like three or four months before your wedding day. When a lot of brides want to have a lot of that stuff figured out well before then, that's just kind of the way they operate through a lot of these resorts. So as long as you have a great travel agent, they can also assure you that everything is being taken care of, even if it's taking a little bit longer than you anticipated. In the end, though, always trust your gut. If you do feel like things are being missed or not taken care of, don't hesitate to follow up and just make sure the things that you are choosing are getting taken care of. Which leads us into the next big thing we're going to talk about. Number five, your wedding package may not include as much as it looks. We have talked about this on a couple of different episodes, but I want to reiterate it here. When reviewing your package options, a lot of brides end up choosing the top tier one because it looks like it includes everything that you'll need. But unfortunately, that's not usually the case. So small details like chair covers, a DJ, or even the sound equipment or flowers for your bridesmaids might not be included. These things you might not care about or need anyway, but if you were planning on having them, those charges can add up quickly at the end of the day. So just make sure you have room in your budget for add-on charges like that. And check out our podcast episode, Your Destination Wedding Budget 16 Must-Have Budget Items, to make sure that you have enough set aside for those big items when planning and saving. Another point to consider is how many guests your wedding package covers. So for example, ours covered 25 guests, but we ended up having 50 people attend our wedding. So that ended up being an extra $95 a person over the 25 guests. It was really surprising and not planned out cost that we didn't consider. So just make sure that doesn't happen to you. If you haven't already listened to our other podcast episode, The Hidden Costs of a Destination Wedding, we go over that topic in much more detail. So check that out if you are concerned about how much more over your budget you have been spending, or if you don't really know what to include in your budget, what those hidden costs are to make sure you have planned everything out in advance. All right. And then number six, be considerate of your guests' cost when choosing your resort. So you and your fiance might be looking at resorts and we all know there's so many of those to look at. Your travel agent might have recommended some to you as well. Typically, your travel agent will recommend resorts based on the budget that you give them that you think your guests are willing to pay. But it can also be difficult to pass up some of those five-star luxury resorts just because they look so nice. You and your fiance might have enough money to cover those. But unfortunately, not everyone is willing to pay for a luxury resort or put enough money aside to go to it. So just consider your guests. It really depends on what you're looking for as far as how many guests that will attend as well. So if the point of having your destination wedding 
is to avoid having a lot of people there, then by all means plan that luxury wedding. Ultimately, at the end of the day, it is you and your fiance's choice where you get married. But if you do want to have as many friends and family there as possible, you might have to sacrifice just a little bit to make sure it's in a reasonable range financially for your guests. Which moves us on to number seven of the nine things nobody tells you about planning a destination wedding. You may have to be okay with certain guests not attending. Along with what we had just talked about, no matter how affordable your resort is, there still might be guests that choose not to come that you are expecting to be there. If your grandparents or close friends are a deal breaker for you, then this is a really important time to consider all of your options. Have a discussion with your fiance about who you wouldn't want to have your wedding without and evaluate what you do if they not, may not be able to attend. For me personally, at the time that we were engaged, I have two sisters and they had two kids, two young kids. So for one, I knew that if we did do a destination wedding, it would have to be kid friendly. And two, if either one of them said it wasn't in the cards for them, they couldn't afford it, there's just no way that they could do it. We actually might not have had a destination wedding. It was really important to have all of my immediate family members there. Potentially, we could have looked into helping them financially, but thankfully, we didn't have to do that because both of them were willing to come on their own terms very happily. (laughs) They all had a great time, which is great. But with that being said, just remember, although it sounds like a great idea to you, some people don't love the idea of a destination wedding. So if you do get any backlash, just try to evaluate who those must-have guests are. We also did have a stateside reception. So the people that weren't able to attend, they weren't deal breakers for us, but we still wanted them to celebrate with us. Um, They were able to come to that reception and they were able to watch our entire wedding ceremony on a projection screen and we were able to celebrate that way. All right, moving on to number eight, you may not necessarily save money. I want to preface this with saying that usually this depends strictly on where you live. So A couple that lives in a bigger city will almost always save money with a destination wedding just because the cost of reception halls and meals alone in bigger cities are more than a destination wedding alone. But this can be a surprise for couples who live in a smaller or more rural area when comparing the cost between a traditional and a destination wedding. Make sure that you have your budget in mind early on in the wedding planning stage. A destination wedding is as beautiful as they say, but sometimes the cost can add up, like we had talked about with those hidden charges, more than you originally anticipated. Don't get me wrong, you can still plan a destination wedding for much less than a traditional wedding. On average, a destination wedding is about a third of the cost for a traditional wedding, but again, there's a lot of factors involved. This can depend heavily on the number of guests, the time of year, and the resort that you get married at. So just make sure, again, to have that budget number in mind when talking with your travel agent so they know how much you're willing to spend on those big budget items like your resort accommodations and flights. All right, that leads us to the final thing nobody tells you about planning a destination wedding. Communication might be a challenge. Patience is key. Remember, you're planning a wedding in a different country, most likely, English may not be your on-site coordinator's first language. You may also find yourself trying to communicate with people outside of the resort. 
and find that challenging if they're if you aren't understanding each other fully. Just remember, be respectful, patient, lean on your travel agent for assistance if you need to. Don't hesitate to ask additional questions with your on-site coordinator once you start working with them more. If you don't fully understand something that they're saying, it's easy to get frustrated, but just remember they might not completely understand everything that you're saying as well. At the end of the day, everyone involved is ultimately there to help you create the wedding of your dream. So don't get too stressed about it and just try to understand where you're both coming from. All right, there you have it. I hope those nine things nobody tells you about planning your wedding didn't come as too much of a surprise to you. Some brides may have already known all of the things I talked about, which is obviously the goal. That's great. Some aspects of this you might want to look further into if you were caught off guard a little bit by them. And with that being said, I would love to do a Q&A episode in the next coming months here. So if you have any direct questions for me, please send them to breezybridesemail at gmail.com. I can start compiling a list of questions that brides frequently ask or they want to know about whether that's current situations or just the planning process in general. I'd love to help in any way I can. So again, if you have any questions for me, please send them to breezybridesemail at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest. I'm on all of those. Besides the podcast, I post on social media. We have the website with reviews. There's a lot more information out there than just the podcast. So don't hesitate to give me a follow there as well. And we will see you guys in the next episode.